it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The 10th time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Sergi Carroll! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast, where on tonight's show, we're going to be previewing the game against West Ham on Monday night. Joining me to give the lowdown on the Hammers ahead of the game is Will from the We Are West Ham podcast. Will, mate, nice to see you again. Hope you've been well. Mike, all good. Thanks, mate. All good. Uh, one of, well, I'm just desperately trying to hold on to some modicum of positivity while all my fellow Hammers fail to do so. But, you know, we're ninth in the league in the last 16 of the Europa League. Um, yeah, I seem to be sort of one of the only few people who who feels like this season could still be an absolute barnstormer. But um, yeah, trying to just it's becoming more and more of a futile battle at the moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that. Just before we get going, guys, remember to comment down below, subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels, and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at Elam Road on Twitter and at Elam Road Pod on Instagram. Firstly, well, I know you touched on it just then. I, I want to talk bigger picture in terms of West Ham before we actually get on to the game on Monday because I think it would be easy for a lot of fans looking in from the outside to kind of judge the situation at West Ham and with David Moyes too quickly because I think for a lot of people and I think you're going to kind of touch on it based on what you said in the intro we, we kind of look at West Ham fans wanting Moyes out and we're thinking purely on optics you know European trophy European semi-final in recent years top 10 finishes pushing for the Champions League in recent years as well are you where? Where are you with it? I'm not. I'm not using that as a stick to kind of beat West Ham fans with, but I'm sure you can understand that that's what it kind of looks like from from the outside world. But I want to know from West Ham fan where they are. To be honest, mate, it looks like that for me as well. Um, uh, as as always, right? There's always more nuance to a situation than it seems from the outside, right? And I think oversimplifying it only serves to anger people who feel passionately that you know West Ham fans who feel passionately on either side of the debate um I am sort of and it's one of those where it's almost like as everything in society has been polarized now so you're either Moyes in or you're Moyes out <laughs> and it's like well 
nothing's ever that like you know black or white labor or tory like everything nowadays you've got to be one or the other of everything or you're nothing um and you know i mean the, the crux of it right i've had so many conversations about this as you can imagine on our podcast with colleagues friends at work like it, I've, I've talked this to death but with that i think comes a fairly solid understanding and one thing if you boil to the bottom of it what one thing that's dividing west ham fans at the moment because there is a divide to be honest it's exhausting i'm exhausted i'm not enjoying it's not an enjoyable time to be a west ham fan weirdly just but more because of the inter fan stuff and the mood of the ground and and blah 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 but it, it it sort of seems to boil down to if you can boil down such a topic what you find entertaining as a fan right now Lots of West Ham fans will tell you at the moment that there's a real lack of entertainment among Davos. One thing I would say, sorry, to start with, the results this year have been rubbish. Like, zero wins in 2024, 11 goals conceded the last three games, albeit, you know, there's Man United and Arsenal thrown in there. Um, but we have, we've been playing terribly this year, okay? So, before anyone comes at me and goes, oh, what more do you want? Like, I, I think we've played badly this year. But, Beyond that, it appears to then boil down to what people find entertaining, what West Ham fans find entertaining. Now, I think the, the main reason I sit further towards the Moisean, let's call it a scale, right? Rather than one the other. <laughs> Continuum. Far, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm far <laughs> further towards the Moisean end of the scale than lots of my fellow fans are because what I find entertaining is watching West Ham play in European games. Mm -hmm. and in quarterfinals and semi-finals and in last season a final which we won of a european competition which for the 25 years it's been since i first got nearly 25 years it's been since i first got a west ham season ticket and nearly you know i think 27 years since my first ever game in that time, West Ham have been largely rubbish, like dross average rubbish. A few seasons, uh, I think it's five maybe in the in the second tier. Our average position in the Premier League, I believe, before David Moyes turned up was 13th. OK, so for me, I am finding it enormously entertaining to watch my team win far more games domestically than I'm used to watching them win, regardless of the fashion it's in, and watching them play in European games. I'm serious, mate. The Europa League games that in the first time round when we beat Sevilla and we beat Leon, and you know, barring Aaron Cresswell, you know, got sent off. And we played Eintracht Frankfurt. I got to go to all of those stadiums and watch my team, who I love, play football. N nothing gets more entertaining than that f for me. Like that is the most entertained I've ever been watching West Ham. Right? Obviously, like the FA Cup final in two thousand six was good, but a complete flash in the pan. Um, the playoff finals were good, but they're in the Championship, so by their very nature, you sort of don't really care. Seeing my team on one of the biggest, on the biggest stages, playing in games that fans of other teams, not just in England, but across the world and across Europe, will be watching and caring about. 
that it, it doesn't and hasn't got more entertaining than that for me but lots of other West Ham fans and I'm not saying my way's right or theirs isn't but lots of other West Ham fans want to see want to go to West Ham and they're more concerned with the style of football we play and the you know the amount of possession we have and, and playing with a, a lot more in attacking in uh, intent because that you know David Moyes it, it, there's no arguing with it. Having 40% of the ball on average, I think, is the average since he's been West Ham manager second time round, has borne results, the best results West Ham fans, certainly of my age, I'm 32, and probably a little bit older than me, have ever seen. Right, That's unarguable. The first half of this season, we got the most Premier League points we've ever had. We're in the Europe for the third season running. For the first time in our history. No one can argue with the results. That in itself to me is the most is the most entertained I've ever been and most I've ever enjoyed watching West Ham. The only problem with that, the style of play that's got us there, when it doesn't go right, it looks terrible mm. and we look rubbish and it's really rubbish to watch. Not in a forest on the weekend. And I think that's the problem, right? When you when I give my point across people are very quick and easy to go oh, well you know well you're enjoying this are you and i'm like no no i don't enjoy it when we lose and we're rubbish either like of course i don't however i i understand where it comes from and i understand that that style of football when it goes right is more effective than any of our previous styles of football whatever the hell they were for the last two decades and what that has produced for our club and for my club it has meant that I've got to go to, and on Friday, there's a Europa League draw, and I'll be eagerly waiting there on Skyscanner, trying to book my flights away, because I've never had that before. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, all right, if we have an off day, or two, or three, or four, which every every team with the sort of budget West Ham do, if we have an off day, and, and we look really crap at home to Nottingham Forest, but over the course of a season we're going to get far more points than we ever have, which is going to give us a chance to get into Europe again. So I get to repeat all those experiences next season and the season beyond that with my dad and all my mates sitting in squares in amazing European cities, having a few beers, singing West Ham songs. Give me that any day of the week, other than perhaps a little bit more possession, perhaps a little bit more of the ball, a little bit more attacking intent. But the balance of the team then goes wrong. And we go back to, which is what I think will happen. I'm not saying it definitely will. I might be proven wrong if we go another manager. But I think it goes. And then we get back to what it was like for most of my life, where the biggest game of the season is Tottenham away, not a European quarterfinal or semifinal. So nine minutes are into the pod. You've barely said anything. But that is about as succinctly as I can put it at the moment. <laughs> I just want to, because I take it you're in a minority. It being in this position, I'm in a. I would. I, I. I. I try not to call it a minority or a majority. I just think the Moyes out brigade are louder. Right. That's all. That's all so, I'd say. I think you, you speak to my dad, who's not on Twitter, and lots of other fans like him. They're still of the generation where you just go and support the team, whatever happens, and they appreciate the results are better. And they've seen lots worse football. So, yeah, I'd say Moyes out brigade are louder, and some of the what I would call new era fans, which. You know, to some old heads uh, uh, calling for Moyes out as well. But there's certainly been a change in dynamic and a change of uh, identity, I think. A 
general identity about what it's like to be a West Ham fan since we moved to the stadium. I just I want to get to the kind of because we could talk about this and but I do want to talk about the game as well. But I do, cool. is there is there a sense from the Moyes out brigade that last season because the league form was so bad and the 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 thing about Moyes' football is that this, you mentioned it already when it's bad it can be really bad. The king of pragmatism structure struck, but when it goes wrong and is, is there a feeling that it's sort of like the Europa League and the European football is kind of papered over the cracks and the cracks are seen by fans week in, week out, whereas the Europa League is kind of throughout the season, it kind of comes in and comes out. But Mate, well, I mean, for me, I, I would still, I would, I'm with you. For me, I would still say to, to even get those days and those nights and looking at booking flights, you know, you could be as shit as you want, as long as you don't go down, which I think West Ham have got too many good players to go down. Mate, we're ninth. Like, <laughs> we were sick like four weeks ago. People still say that. No, you know what annoys me as well, right? When people say, oh, papering over the cracks. Well, th- why is the paper more or less valuable than the crack? Yeah. Like, why do you, yeah. it's up to you where you put your weight, right? David Moyes wouldn't have had, wouldn't be West Ham manager this season unless he won the Conference League. Everyone, I'm perfectly agreeable with that. But he did win the Conference League. That part of his job at the beginning of this, it, it just baffles me when people go, oh, yeah, but if we hadn't won the Conference League, then, you know, it was a load of rubbish. It's like, yeah, yeah but, but we did. Like, remember when that <laughs> happened and most of us had the best night of our lives? Like, mm-hmm. that, that did happen. And that was David Moyes. That was David Moyes just as much as the awful Premier League form. That was David Moyes just like the three seasons in Europe in a row of David Moyes. Just like the poor football is David Moyes. The whole thing, good and bad, is David Moyes. And it's, yeah, it's... It, I think people are just really, you know what it's like, football fans have an uncanny ability to just look at focus on the negatives and enjoy, oh, sorry, ignore any of the positives or any of the counterbalances. Do you know what I mean? It feels like yeah. all of the, the great experience we, we've had come at the cost of the football being a bit more pragmatic. And, you know, just like... It, which I feel will happen, given the structure of the club and the budget we've got, like the, the hierarchical structure behind Moyes and the manager, is that, you know, when you go and try and be good again and, like, play this amazing brand of football, you're, everyone's ignoring the counterbalance, which will be a dropout of Europe, most likely. I'm not saying it's certainly going to happen. This is just what I feel will happen. A dropout of Europe. All of our best players who got us there and are keeping it there, us at that level, Bowen, Paqueta, Kudus, they leave. And then it's a mountain to climb to get back into where you were before anyway, whilst also trying to, you know, sort of, uh, what's the word? Re, rebrand or just instill this whole new system and whole new identity as a club which just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I just think there's too, yeah, people just easy to get picked ignore all the major positives focus on the negatives and assume that if you make a change that all the positives will stay exactly as they are they won't be affected mm-hmm. but all the negatives will improve it just doesn't work like that. it's just not realistic it's... and i really don't want to go back to only looking forward to top them away <laughs> it is a weird one to, to ignore the positives like considering how big the gap is already and is going to become between the top six quote unquote and the rest of the league to ignore the good times, which are so few far between for... I'm not saying that West Ham are on the same level as Brentford. They're a much bigger club. But 
even even clubs the stature of West Ham, the good times, they're not going to come like in terms of that gap between the top six and the rest of the league, it's only going to get bigger. So I don't understand. I don't understand the sort of focusing on the negative. I, let's let's table let's table that because I feel like you have summed it up quite succinctly, and I'm glad you're on the right side of the continuum. minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what is what has changed since the turn of the year? Because I was looking at your results earlier. I mean, like you said, best start to a season, wins against Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham away. What what's changed since the turn of the year? Uh, Lucas Paqueta got injured. He's an absolute mm-hmm. Rolls Royce of a football player. Like, get, honestly, he is incredible like it, it he will i genuinely think give it three years he'll play for real madrid like seriously he is mentally good like you know when you're just watching someone and he does this sometimes he clearly gets bored it's like everyone is knowing it he's in like playing in like third gear and he's just <laughs> so much better than everyone he's mercurial he's touch he's outstanding he's strong as an ox he's like the perfect package and he's just boshing along at like seven out of ten efforts, still so much better. And everyone he gets bored every now and then. And I think when he inevitably steps up to a Manchester City or a Real Madrid, and the manager's like, You have to cut that out, mate, because you're at the very pinnacle now, he'll just be he'll be one of the the great players of our time for sure. Um so he's got injured, that hasn't helped. Uh Mohammed Kudus went to AFCON. Mm-hmm. He burst onto the scene. He was brilliant. Uh, Jared Bowen, and then, and also those two things. And Jared Bowen hasn't scored this year, and I. But I think that is sort of as a result of no Paqueta, no Kudus. Um, our defence hasn't been good all season, really. We could, haven't been able to keep a clean sheet for love nor money, but the games that we have won have been more like outscoring the opposition rather than, it, it, which is quite funny. People sort of go on about Moyes as if we're this proper like defensive team when actually our defence has been naff this season and it's scoring more than the opposition that's that's done us a favour. Um, so where it, it's weirdly been uh, the attack falling by the wayside in this new season which has made a struggle because we always concede at least once, which obviously puts you on the back foot from the off anyway. Now, if Aguero's having a stinker, Kurt Zuma like, looks terrible um, or just looks stiff and injured all the time. Um, he, he, him and Aguero, like, Zuma's made to look worse by Aguero. Uh, Mavrapanos, who's the other option, has got a massive mm-hmm. clangor in him. So, um, yeah, the midfield's okay. Like, midfield's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it's that attack. Um, the, the Paqueta injury, uh, Kudus, Afcon, and Bowen sort of suffering as a result of that. That I think, so. yeah. In light of that, were you happy with the January transfer window? With obviously, I know you're not the biggest fan of Ben Rama, but with Ben Rama and Four Nows going and Phillips come, I and mean, I want to talk about Phillips just just Phillips in general because he's had a bit of a shit time to his start his start to the time his time at West Ham were you, were you happy with the January transfer window with Ben Rama and Fournals leaving and no kind of obvious replacement coming in yeah I was delighted Ben Rama left stinking the place out <laughs> no he was honestly it's not even funny like he was stinking the place out on and off the pitch uh, he, he, I, I looked at it earlier on 23 games in all competitions he played this season zero goals one assist <laughs> Shamb- absolutely embarrassing honestly and he struts around like you'd think he was like Pele it's absolutely ridiculous Mohamed could has come in and basically embarrassed him like he came in from Ajax and 
and scored. I don't know, he's like four, four or five goals in his first like eight games or something, like, and assists and might be goal contributions, but like had an immediate impact. And mm-hmm. it's just like, there you go. Look, not fanning around with step overs and overhitting crosses <laughs> and thinking that's good enough to earn your money. Actually, coming on, being a forward player, which you're supposed to be, and contributing with goals and assists. Like, that's all we want. Like, uh, so no, I'd delight to see him go. Pablo Fornells, it's one of them. Ideally, I would have had him stay, but they got seven million quid for him. His contract was up at the end of the season. So it, it sort of makes sense from a business point of view. I think if you if you think I oh, just purely football, yeah, he would have stayed. But I think his morale was pretty low. He'd been a good servant to the club as well for now. So I think it was it was a good thing to do for the club to to let him go. He's, he's hit the ground running, he's doing pretty well at Real Betis already. Um, scored in his debut, I think, in the team of the week within the first couple of La Liga team of the week within the first couple of weeks. Yeah, and so it's, ideally you'd keep him, but he wasn't he wasn't providing anything either, mate. His, his head had gone. He, you know, he. I mean, it must be pretty insulting to fall behind Ben Rama in the left winger pecking order. Um, so yeah, he wasn't. He, he it, it was one of them it, on the face. You go, oh, let two left wingers go. Moyes, I think, was annoyed. Uh, that didn't manage to sign a replacement because I think he wanted mm. that. But what people forget, we have actually got Maxwell Cornet in the club. Something's going on there. I'm not sure what it is. Something's fishy. Whether he's still injured or Moyes just doesn't fancy him or they've fallen out, I don't know. But we have weekend. got a left winger still. <laughs> well, that's the thing. But like, I'd <laughs> happily see Cornet play most weeks. If he gets a run of games, which he's never had since he joined, I think he'd be all right. But so we have got cover there, but people will have you believe we haven't. And I think Moyes played Ben Johnson on the left wing the other day. That's just trying to make a point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah. What about Phillips, Calvin? Um, yeah, didn't need him. Don't know why you signed him. <laughs> I don't know why you signed him either. <laughs> no, check Alvarez, Ward, Prowse have been three of our better performers this season. Alvarez has hit the ground running since he's come in. Suchek, now Declan Rice has gone, has sort of been unshackled back to his old self, which weirdly is better when he's allowed to roam forward a bit. He's not a very pretty player. His passing stats aren't always great, but actually he's more of the Marouane Fellaini thing. Like His mere presence tends to somehow make the team, like the results are better. Like, mm-hmm. um, And Ward-Prowse, yeah, he's been pretty good. He's been tidier than I was perhaps appreciated that he was on the ball and breaking play up and stuff plus his set pieces are decent um so yeah don't think we needed him don't know why we brought him in it doesn't look that sharp he's had a bit of a minging start um mm-hmm. we've needed a striker for since mark on left and yet another transfer window sales by where we're having addressed that michael antonio comes back from injury at the weekend he's 34 or 35 now he was past it Four mm. years ago, pretty much three years ago, um, and yet we haven't addressed that. So yeah, odd signing. I appreciate that he makes your squad better, and if he gets a bit of match sharpness, great. But that there, when there's like glaring errors of improvement that need to be addressed, and you don't, it just sort of makes people go, well, "Why have you spent 
seven million quid for to have a player for four months who's mm-hmm. going to take a month as it's proving to to sort of get back to his best. Disappointing not to see Mabama getting more game time because uh, I, I would have thought that being an academy product, it would be something that West Ham fans value instead of just whenever Antonio's fit again, chucking him on. When I'm pretty sure that most West Ham fans are now thinking Antonio's way past it. Yeah, um, one of them did well in preseason with Bama, but you have still got to be good enough. I mean, he's better than Danny Ings. Don't get me wrong. Danny's <laughs> the third highest earner at the club. What he's produced in a claret blue shirt is a, disgrace, yeah, is a disgrace, frankly. And I know lots of people say that to be shock jockeys. It's been embarrassing. 125 grand a week is reported wages. Yeah, embarrassing, awful. Again, awful. Poor signing that. That was never going to fit really. Um, yeah, so dreadful signing. Mabama, yeah, to be honest, he can't be any worse. He certainly can't be worse than Antonio. Certainly can't be worse than Danny Ings. But I think there's some sort of weird contract standoff there as well, where I think more for reasons off the pitch he wasn't mm-hmm. playing rather than on. I think political reasons of how much Ings is getting played, like the club and the you know didn't don't want the five ten grand a week academy prospect teenager playing ahead of the 125 grand a week you know uh, premier league experience striker they signed um but i also think he's got a way to go you know it's not like it's not like he's like the aunt he's prim ready do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but yeah, yeah i do i would have liked to see him get more minutes but what i would have also liked us to do as a team who got the ninth biggest budget in the Premier League and are playing Europe for the third season in a row act like a professional semi-sensible Premier League outfit and sign a centre forward, a recognised one who's like oven ready mm-hmm. Ivan Tony could have done with him <laughs> Well, yeah, but there's plenty of other options mate who would do better than what we've got now Yeah, um, I mean the it, to me, I was like just going back over the the signings that West Ham made, and you you were lauded for the signings you made with the rice money. But they have like the Skamaka ones not quite come off. Phillips one looks a bit strange. Haller, Haller as well. Um, it's just the Skamaka and the Haller ones. I kind of understand because I don't know if they're the right profile for a Premier League striker. That it seems like they come both of them came to the Premier League and then they've gone elsewhere. And they were actually doing well again. It's just maybe yeah. they just, but that's what I guess that kind of plays into your point. It's like you need a Premier League proven goal scorer, and not it's... necessarily. I, I I don't I don't blame the club for the, for those going wrong. So I went fair enough. You're not going to get them all right, but at least mm-hmm. you try. The annoying bit is post Skamaka, they've gone. Oh, we'll just go back to Antonio then. So no, that's not the answer. Like genuinely, it's frustrating when you're watching it, but no one really should begrudge them getting it wrong. Like you've. Fair enough. You spent the big money. That's what fans want on a on a player who looked like, you know, in Haller and then Skamaka, on a player who looked like they were doing or were doing well in Europe. I with either of them, it didn't feel like they fitted the profile. I didn't think they were mobile enough. With what well, I say, to be an effective David Moyes striker, you need to be seven out of ten at everything. Seven out mm-hmm. of ten strong. Seven out of ten quick. Seven out of ten finisher. Seven out of ten in the air. And you know, most strikers these days are like nine or ten out of ten, a couple of those elements, and perhaps five or six at the others. That's what Haller and Skamaka were, good in the air, good at holding the ball up. Nowhere near mobile enough, either of them, which is why Antonio was effective a few years ago. And the last striker we had who, could, who was like that was Mark Arnautovic. Bloke's mm-hmm. playing for Inter Milan now. I'd give my right arm to have him back. 
Um, so yeah, options out there. Um, and but I so I don't blame the club for trying things and them not paying off. It's the mm-hmm. not trying at all and thinking Mikel Antonio is an appropriate option as a starting striker that annoys me really. And I will say though, the recruitment has been as good as it's been in my life the last few years. Like we've made some superb signings. Ariola's great. Uh, Sufau and Suchek, really good. Twenty million pound between them. Uh, Zuma had some good times. Uh, Emerson, what a signing he is! Like, really gets over. You look a bit like Emerson, by the way. But, um, <laughs> I'll take yeah, that. <laughs> he gets, he gets overlooked all the time. Lots of these. Jared Bowen. Lots of these positives get ignored by the fans who want boys out. Um, so yeah, the recruitment's been as good as it's ever been. And as at any club, you're going to have a few duffers in there that don't work out. So that I don't mind. Uh, but I don't think that should be an excuse to stop trying, particularly in the centre-forward department. Last last one, just before I got a couple of questions on the game on Monday. I, I want to nick, I, I did a Liverpool preview with it with Liverpool podcast a couple of weeks back, and I want to nick one of his questions that he asked me because I thought it was a good one. So yeah. shout out to Harry for this one. Give me one game this season that has summed you up in a negative way and in a positive way. So you get kind of, you get a good, good game to look back on and not so nice game to look back on, but I thought it was a nice question. Uh, probably one of the ones that the contenders would be Brentford away. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that that probably was. You, you went 1-0 uh, up early, but we didn't let that sort of get in our heads, which is a new thing under David Moyes. You know, most of my life, we go 1-0 down, that's it, game over, might as well go home. We came back, at least one, Kudus's goal was sensational, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember what the other one was off the top of my head. It was, it was a Ben Rama cross. Yeah. Uh, I think... Antonio headed it, keeper makes a save, it comes back off the post and oh, yeah, Bowen, Bowen like tucks yeah. it in at the back post, yeah. Yeah, so that in fact is probably the game, not just because we're playing you. Kudos with that phenomenal goal, so we've got the quality in the team. The scrappy one as well, which we've also got. Um, and not letting that, you know, the goal affect us and mentally we, we were still at it. Uh, and then just a bit of a collapse in the middle of the game. That's what I was saying, especially when we're doing well at the beginning of the season. We were sort of doing it, and which is why it felt a bit unsustainable. Lots of people will say this has been coming, this run of form, because we were playing well at the beginning 15 minutes and the end 15 minutes, and that's not really good enough mm-hmm. in the Premier League. You can afford to have maybe a five or ten minute dodgy spell, but you can't give teams an hour <laughs> um, in the middle of games. So then that collapse we saw, and then Ben Rama misses an absolute offensively bad sitter hang on hang on hang on hang on no yeah you're remembering you're remembering this so wrong you're remembering this so wrong i've got it written down here it's that 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 miss is and is completely and utterly michael antonio's fault it's it's antonio's miss he takes it off the feet of ben rama yeah but that that that's it right there antonio and ben rama neither of them two should be anywhere near a west ham start 11 so, yeah, that seriously, that does really sum us up. Some moments of quality, showing good mental fortitude, collapse in the middle of the game, which costs us the game, but still, like, areas in the team that are just, like, championship level rather than European level, which mm-hmm. sort of cost, well, did cost us at least one point, really. Like, we should have drawn that game at least. We? And a good one? Tottenham, Arsenal, away? Well, oh, yeah, Arsenal, yeah. I mean... This season, mate, we've beaten Arsenal, Chelsea, mm-hmm. Manchester United, Tottenham and Brighton. I know Brighton, you might be going, oh, well done. We haven't beaten them for 13 years before this season. Um, 
So yeah, that. But again, that that in itself, I don't. I should check the stats. If we've ever done that in previous seasons, ignore Brighton. If we've ever beaten Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham in one season, I'll eat my hat. Maybe we have, but stunned if that's ever happened. Um, but again, not good enough for some people because we didn't have much possession. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about the game on Monday. Um, we've somehow become West Ham's bogey team in the Premier League. I, I just on what you said. I've got. I've got it written down here. I remember saying in our post-match podcast on the reverse fixture. I was so surprised to see West Ham turn it around to go two one up, and then in towards the end of the first half, it only looked like West Ham were going to score a third. And then in the second half, there was just no intent whatsoever, and it was kind of all us. And you could kind of see once we got the equaliser, we were going to go and win it. So. With that in mind, how, how are you feeling ahead of Monday? We could make it six for six against you in the Premier League, which is just yeah. mental. <laughs> I, I, I really can't be... I, I hated that Brighton thing. You should proper get under my skin. You should well annoy me. Um, not because of any slight against Brighton. I think they're a really good club, really well-run mm -hmm. club. But just the law of averages tells you that you should beat a team in like 22 attempts or whatever it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not really in the mood. To have another team, another curse like that so quickly. Uh, but I don't, I can't necessarily. I think you've won all of the games against us, haven't you? Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, I know you're struggling a bit at the moment and good performance at City. I mean, with injuries and stuff, good performance at City. Um, I'll be stunned. We do charity bets uh, on our podcast every week. And mine this week is Ivan Tony anytime, less than 3.5 goals in the game and more than 6.5 corners. I reckon it's going to be a proper, proper grim affair. One <laughs> Yeah, I guess it'll be in a one -all. I'm not quite sure where our goal will come from. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, I, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you won as well. But it's going to, there's going to, it's going to be a one goal win for either team or a draw. It's a it's a good time for us to be playing you because we've had like the the injuries you mentioned and also the runner fixtures we've had in February have been pretty grim. But we kind of we said at the start of February we, we had Liverpool City twice, Wolves and West Ham. Mm -hmm. Um, so we we're kind of looking at the Wolves and West Ham games as as the two we need to be kind of getting points out if we're going to avoid yeah. a relegation scrap. But you know I think it would be good. I'm obviously looking forward to it be, with the record that we've got against you guys in the Premier League. So let's hope for a good game. I know you're predicting a. A bit of a scrappy one, but I mean the one at home. The one at home was was still a really good game. I thought. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, just yeah, we can't hit a barn door at the moment, and uh, yeah, you'll let's be honest. You, despite that, you'd be pretty happy with a draw, wouldn't you? Or not? Hundred percent. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, it's one of those games where all right, it's easy to say we're in a bad run of form, but it's not always super easy to come to West Ham away. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I. Yeah, we're not full of confidence. You're not going to be pouring men up the pitch. <laughs> yeah, proper attritional affair, I think. Yeah, I think that'd be a good place to end it. Thanks, Will. Just before we go, guys, remember to drop your West Ham thoughts in the comments below. Will we make it six for six against West Ham, or will Brentford fall to another defeat? I think that would make it something like three wins in twelve, which would be quite worrying. But like we said, the February fixtures. We're zero in eight, mate. <laughs> exactly the two the two worst form teams in the division come head to head on monday night make sure you're there <laughs> but whilst you're at it remember to share the podcast with a mate subscribe to the youtube and spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials that's at the eden road on twitter and at eden road pod on instagram we'll be back next week for some reflection on the west ham game we'll also do a brief look ahead to chelsea at home next weekend will mate always a pleasure and yeah good luck for monday yeah cheers mate.
Podcast Network.